You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and happy Friday. I'm Jason Cundy, the duck lover, in for Andy Goldstein again, who's currently filming the new snooker loopy video as the World Championships gets underway today at the Crucible. So you got me on today's TalkSport Daily Poddy again. Coming up, we've got exclusive news on the Newcastle United takeover falling through. Didn't see that one coming, did you? Yeah, no, neither did I. Uh, there's another exclusive with a Chelsea player on the eve of the FA Cup final. And there's another TalkSport exclusive. What, three exclusive? Hold on, one, one, two, three. Yes, yeah, three, yeah, three, really. As Snooker Supremo, Barry Hearn responds to Ronnie O'Sullivan's comments that the authorities are treating players like lab rats. That's harsh. But we start with the fallout from last night's massive championship semi-final live on TalkSport between Fulham and Cardiff where the winners will play at Wembley! 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 Take it on Brentford. Wembley! 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 High throw inside the penalty area, looking for the flick on, comes and it's brilliantly saved by Radak and it's put into the net and Cardiff are back in front again on the night and Lee Tomlin with just about his first touch since coming on, talk about a double substitution working to perfection and that is that, no side has ever come back from two goals down in the first leg of the playoff semi-final to make it to the final in the championship. But Cardiff came mighty close, only a foot and a half away, with Robert Glantzel firing over the bar to take them to extra time late in the game. A spirited resistance from the Bluebirds, particularly in the second half, but it was mission improbable and impossible it turned out to be. Cardiff are lucky because both goals shouldn't have stood. No. But the first one was a free kick on the, on the, on the goalkeeper. Yeah. The second one, Tomlin's a mile offside. Yeah. So they, they, you could argue, really, that... I mean, Fulham deserved it over the mm-hmm, two legs mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, yeah. And VAR, how VAR cannot be involved in a game that the magnitude of the size of this game today, how VAR cannot be involved, I don't know. It makes a bit of a mockery of the technology that we have going into a league where VAR is very much part of the game now. Can you imagine if Cardiff had got a third goal mm. and he'd been offside and they went through on penalties? Three goals. Can you imagine that? Well, Scott, Cardiff had to come out and they did. Mm. That was quite nervy at the end. Very nervy, yeah. I mean, look, I think we knew we was playing against a wounded animal in Cardiff and nothing to lose and, and everything like that. Probably at, at times tonight fell a little bit short in terms of trying to deal with their, their onslaught, what they bring to the game and putting the ball in the box from all over the pitch. You know, you get, get a frying on the halfway line, the ball's coming in the box. And at times we probably just, we didn't deal with that too well and it made it a little bit of an uncomfortable night for us. Um, in saying that, I don't think we lose sight of what we've done. 48 games, semi-finals, this, 
was over two legs. And what was most important that we've won the game and, and we're through to the final now. So, um, yeah, dust ourselves off and we go again now. We were brilliant, you know, from start to finish, you know, brilliant. Just what swung, what swung the tie over the two games? Fulham scoring at key moments. And I've got to be honest, scoring at the start of the second half, uh, we've, we've won the goal. Um, scoring in the 94th minute like they did when we should have scored at the other end just before. And then equalising tonight, you know, we're, we're key moments in the game. And, and um, you know, as good as we've been tonight, we just, just you know, a little bit... Too, too much for a man to climb the second half. And don't forget that the playoff final will be live here on TalkSport on Tuesday evening from 7pm. And you can respond to what happens on the Sports Bar straight afterwards. Now, Agent Durham and Darren Goff went on air on Drive and were joined by Jim White, who joined them with the exclusive story about Newcastle United's takeover falling through. Wow. Didn't see it coming, as I said earlier. Jim had news from Amanda Staveley, who was involved in the Saudi bid. They also spoke to the Newcastle Chronicles chief, NUFC. Hold on, NUFC, what's that stand for? I don't know. Uh, anyway, he's the chief NUFC writer. Time up. It's taken too long. The bid was real. It's been there all the time. Ashley agreed to it. And as you say, Darren, they tell me today that they were going to allocate 250 million quid more for the club, the academy, and the community. Now it's all gone. Having said that, and I don't know, I don't know how, how genuine this is, as Amanda Savely said goodbye, I'll speak to you later, she said, get it out there, though. We will not give up. We will not give up. From a fan's point of view, it, it's absolutely devastating because mm. obviously they thought this was going to be the start of a new era at Newcastle. Um, I've had some doubts in the last sort of four or five weeks um, but obviously every sort of negative line you put out there doesn't go down well. I just haven't seen enough from all sides. The best job in the world for me because it's, it's watching Newcastle United, but I know and all the fans out there know that the potential of this club is a lot, lot more than 13th place in the Premier League. And I know all clubs will say that, but we've lived and breathed under Bobby Robson. We've challenged for titles under Keegan and we know that this club if it's run properly, if the right TLC is there, that it can challenge at the very top. And that, that's, all, that's all people are asking, to have a bit of a go. Oh, NUFC stands for Newcastle. Of course it does. Uh, now, Chelsea's goalkeeper, Willie Caballero, has been speaking exclusively to Talk Sport ahead of Chelsea's FA Cup final clash against Arsenal on Saturday, which you can hear live here on Talk Sport. In Abraham's ask Big Willie if it will do Kepa good to leave Chelsea. Here's what Big Willie had to say. Last season was was very good for him. This season shows uh, um, another things, but last season was fantastic for him. And he's still the number one Spanish uh, team. He's a he's a great goalkeeper. And just one on Frank Lampard. What has it been like working with Frank? Because this is his first season as a manager. Just give us an insight into what what you what you may have learned from him, and maybe has he come to you for advice on occasions? Well, uh, this season for for him is uh, is been great. It's been fantastic because we achieve uh, every target, but. Uh, we we still have two weeks or, or more to play because we have the Champions League, we have a chance and we have the final now. So it can be a very good success in the first in the first uh, season for for him as a manager. But I I met uh, Frank in Manchester City when we we played together and now playing for for him 
is uh, is fantastic because the way that he has prepared every training for for the game, the, even the preseason, all the players are are happy, are training well. I think is is a is a fantastic uh, manager for for Chelsea. This is breakfast with Natalie Sawyer, Ali McCoist, and Jamie O'Hara. Both Jamie and former Arsenal number one David Seaman gave their take on the Chelsea stopper. Kepper, the stopper. Kepper, the stopper. Complete waste of money. You can see Frank Lampard's not having him. Mm. I think the only thing that they can do with this keeper is to send him out on loan back to Spain. Um, get him, get his confidence back because you can see that's gone. And then they can kind of build his value back up and then they have to sell him. I don't think he's adapted well to the Premier League. You know, you can see his shot stopping is non-existent. You know, how someone's paid 72 million for a keeper like this, then I'm amazed. And you can see Lampard's just not having him. So send him out on loan, that's the only thing for me. Get his value back up and then they have to look to get rid of him. But they need a new keeper for next season. Goalkeeper like him, if he doesn't play in the cup final and then in the Champions League game, then I think that his time's up. I don't know what's going on. You know, obviously they, they let five in against Liverpool, wasn't it? And then I, I think something's gone on. I can't understand why he would just drop him for the, for the just for like five goals in, you know, because it's, it's quite a statement to drop your goalkeeper. But that good and was that expensive, you know, and really blame him. I think something else has been said, and that's why he's left him out. You know, it'd be really interesting as to who does play on Saturday. You know, it's um, it's a big decision for Frank. After Ronnie O'Sullivan claimed allowing fans into the Crucible for the World Championship is treating snooker players like lab rats, chairman of World Snooker Barry Hearn told Jim White it's a risk that needs to be taken order to save sport. And he also had some honest words for Anthony Hamilton, who pulled out the tournament on Wednesday. There is a reticence amongst people, particularly older people, about going out because they're worried, they're frightened. We have got to restore consumer confidence, not just in sport, in the whole economy. And the only way to do that is one small step at a time and with the support of everyone. The damage that people like Ronnie O'Sullivan does. Hamilton withdrew yesterday, having gone through the qualifying competition and decided last night that he's going to withdraw from the World Super Championships because he's got asthma and he was worried about his own health. Now, understandable, not a problem. The question I pose is, why did he not withdraw before the qualifying competition? Because by getting through the qualifiers, he has effectively stopped someone else from going and earn a living. No, but, fa- but, 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 but Barry, ha- but Hamilton is saying he doesn't want fans at the 17-day no, tournament because it's too team. soon for them. It's ridiculous, he, he says. Number one, he's not qualified to say we work with specialists in government, with the health bodies. Yeah, but Barry, one. he says he doesn't want to no, be no, part no, of any let, experiment. Let, let me finish. Number one is he entered a competition knowing, while he was in that competition, he knew there were going to be fans present. Why did he not withdraw then instead of knocking someone else out and taking away their living and then withdraw afterwards so that we're a player short, Kyron Wilson gets a bye. He knew the situation. He's, he, he hasn't had asthma that started yesterday. He's had asthma and health issues for some time. O'Sullivan so, says, though, so, you know, when it's all hushed and quiet in the arena, and he's right about this, Barry, he says, what happens if a, a fan in the audience starts coughing? Then what do we do? 
and the coughing keeps going, what do we do? And people will start talking and and watching it. People will be thinking, ooh, that doesn't sound too good. Jim, Jim, you can make negatives out of any positive if your mindset is that way. I'm a positive thinking person. These guys, every member of the audience, are screened before they go to their seats. You can't guarantee you won't bump into someone on a train, on a bus, in a pub that perhaps cops. But you can't stop an entire experiment, an entire system on the basis of what might happen. We have to take our head out of the stand because we're not going to be woken up when it's all over because when we wake up, it's all over. There won't be any sport. People will be bankrupt. People will be out of jobs. These guys are self-employed and they will not have any income. The better off players can afford... Of course, they can afford to be choosy. If you've got a serious health issue, I don't blame you, but don't enter. Don't enter. Don't pull out halfway through. Your health issue is the same as it is today as it was two weeks ago. So don't give me all that. We have to be positive and we have to move forward with sport or sport is dead. Former Celtic, Chelsea, Blackburn and Norwich striker Chris Sutton has been speaking with TalkSport's Breakfast ahead of the release of his new book, You're Better Than That, How to Fix Modern Football. His father is a former player himself and suffers from dementia. Chris thinks that the PFA needs to do more for retired players. When you have the guy in charge of the trade union, Gordon Taylor, who doesn't have the will himself. And Gordon Taylor has done many good things for the PFA, but this has been it, this has been horrific. He has been a catastrophe. Football needs to do much, much more. You know, he's the trade union boss. These are his members. As head of the trade union, it's his responsibility to do everything within his power to look after his members. Has he done that in this situation? You know, you only have to see for yourself. He hasn't. He's, he's let my dad down. He's let thousands of ex-players down. It's plain to see. The Exeter Chiefs were accused yesterday of being tone-deaf after resisting calls to drop their name and logo out of respect for the Native American community. Elizabeth Holloway from campaign group Exeter Chiefs for Change told Jim White and Simon Jordan that although the name has never meant harm, the club should listen to the opposition. I'll make it very clear here. We know that Chiefs haven't done this to be negative. The fans and the club have always done this, thinking it's a positive thing and thinking it's there to honour and respect. But the thing is, we've learnt now from those people that that's not how they perceive it. So it doesn't really matter what our intention was. Once somebody's told you that your intention isn't the way it's being perceived and isn't the way it's working, that's the point when you have to look at what Mm. you're doing and refresh and review it. Why is the usage of something that's historical in its connotation not considered to be a celebration and recognition of it. Why would you take the negative from it and turn it into your ideal and sentiment that it's a cartoon caricature, a one-dimensional image? But the very nature of the fact that it's being associated with sports and sports is, is, is in the pursuit of excellence and using the imagery to, to highlight the pursuit of excellence is a celebration and recognition of certain cultures and creeds. Why would you want to take the negative about earning looks or earning imagery? I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed by it, Elizabeth. No, I totally understand that, Simon, and I respect your view. And, and this is the point, is that it's not what we think it's what the Indigenous peoples are saying. And they say it doesn't honour them. They say if you want to honour us, work with us, support our businesses, our artists, our causes, our campaigns. They're saying if you respect us, 
please listen to us. You say we're brave and, you know, we're warriors and that's what you're celebrating. But when we speak up, you tell us to be quiet and you ignore us. That's a direct quote from one of the Indigenous people who was on our Q&A. So I just think... I know it's been a lot of fun. We've all enjoyed it over the years. It's never been done with any negative connotations. It, you know, it's something that the club is known for, and it has been fun. But as soon as we learn that something we're doing is causing harm to people, isn't that then the point to stop? You know, to, to carry on because it's a bit of fun for us just seems a bit of a cruel philosophy in life. This Saturday from 1pm on Upfront with the former Manchester United, Bayern Munich, Chelsea and Welsh striker Mark Hughes is in conversation with Sam Matterface. Over the course of the hour, they discuss his career-defining goals, playing for Sir Alex Ferguson and why he ended up playing two competitive games in one day. Well, Eunice invited me and my agent to a meal in his house, so we were just having the meal, had uh, a great time and he just... Um, to ask me, uh, what time's the game on Wednesday for Wales? I said, right, it's about one o'clock, I think, kick-off. And he goes, oh, OK. He then comes up with says, oh, well, you'll be able to play for us in the cup game on at seven o'clock. And I don't think he, this guy must be joking. He wants me to play twice in, in a day. But as it is, apparently, he'd done it before. So as soon as the game's finished, it took me about 10 minutes to shower, jump in the car, get to the airport. We fly back across the border. And we actually fly over the, the pitch, and the floodlights are on and the game is actually going on. So come second half, I'm there on the bench. I think we're losing 1-0 or 2-1. We, we were down in the game anyway. So all of a sudden, uh, Yupankis, who was the manager, manager there, says, I get changed. So he made a double substitution. Uh, on I went after about 60 minutes and uh, we won the game 3-2. You can hear more from Upfront with Mark Hughes this Saturday from 1pm as we build up to the cup final. Now, England beat Ireland by six wickets in the opening ODI of the series down at Southampton. David Willey took five wickets and claimed the man of the match. He missed the World Cup last year after Joffrey Archer was selected ahead of him, but Big Willie was glad to be back in an England shirt. Being left out didn't mean the guys that I'd spent all the time with leading up to that, I didn't want them to do well. So, obviously, bitterly disappointing. And that's what you dream about as a kid, going out and playing in a, in a, in a World Cup on home soil. But um, it didn't mean that I didn't want the, the guys to go out there and, and go all the way and win, which they did. And, you know, it was it was fantastic that they went on to do that. I'm still disappointed I wasn't part of that. But, obviously, it was brilliant for them and English cricket. And we finished with the potty with myself and Jordan Jarrett Bryan on the sports bar doing what we do best, which is, uh, well, I mean, ugh, God knows what we do best, but let's, let's have a listen anyway, shall we? Biggest regrets. So I bought a flat. I had a flat in Chelsea Harbour. Ah! Right? I bought, yeah, I bought it. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't pay a lot Mate. for it. I know. I didn't pay a lot for it. And the flat now is worth well over a million. Oh, well gee. over. Well over a million now. But I bought it, um, but I, I actually made quite a lot of money on it, and that helped me buy the next house, so, you know. But but okay. I, I would like to, looking back, if I had to do that again, I would have let the flat, drawn out some money on the, the money yeah, I'd yeah, made, yeah. and, yeah, and yeah. then moved forward that yeah, way. Yeah. Um, and I, it was just, it was just up the property crash around about 92, 3. I didn't buy a lot for it at all. You know, I still, I drive past it every now and then. Still, tear down the eye I, do you know what, John? It, it still hurts a little bit. 
In fact, more than a little bit. I still <laughs> have that. Oh, that's, that's outrageous. That's, that's shocking. Absolutely shocking. That's disgusting. Shocking but funny. You did. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I, 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 I made a lot. I made some money on it, but nowhere near. Oh my gosh. But anyway, you know, these yeah. things, uh, these things happen. Thanks for listening to TalkSport Daily. You can listen to us on the TalkSport app, of course. We're still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast or wherever you get your poddies. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts plus all your favourite radio shows as well. Don't forget that tomorrow is the small matter of the FA Cup final. Come on, Chelsea, as Arsenal take on. Come on, Chelsea. Coverage gets underway from 4pm with your host, Mark Saggers, commentary from Sam Matterface and Stuart Pearce. Great edition of The Potty today and another edition on Monday when Mr Goldstein returns from having his hair cut. Yeah, that's the reason he was really off. He was having his hair cut all week. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.